When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by PointsBet. Use that promo code CHGO when you sign up. And you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. And with that $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll get that free CHGO membership, access to all of our great web content, a free t-shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker, all that stuff. Two grand in free bets and a free t-shirt from the CHGO Locker for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. Happy Friday. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. Finally, fellas... We finally, should we check Twitter one more time? I think we before? have a window we can fit it in. We've been trying <laughs> to do this show for most of this month. Duncan Keith retired on July 12th, 2022, <laughs> even though it feels like <laughs> it last is. year. <laughs> yeah, jeez. Uh, and we have not really had the chance because of all the stuff going on with the Hawks to discuss it at length. So we're going to. I'm doing one final Twitter check, guys, before we start this. Yeah, oh, God, looks... I just got a DM, too. Oh, God, what's happening? Oh, God, oh, God. Okay, so far, good. All right, we're good. Even even though we've started and there's no news, we have recorded one of these audio-only podcasts it's to true. get 35 minutes in and have to start over. Start over, so, yes. Thank you, Frank um, Saravalli. Let's, yeah, let's uh, not... Was that Richardson? Our, yeah. That was the Richardson hire. That was we Richardson. literally record stop over. and stop and restart that was bizarre world because that whole second time we were recording i'm like did i say this already was this on the first show or the second show <laughs> yeah. it was so confusing yeah yeah well, well we should be okay yeah right? i hope so well uh, let's he, just make a he, make he a said now <laughs> yeah well, we're gonna find out so duncan keith retires uh july 12th as a member of the edmonton oilers six years ago yeah i'm gonna recap uh, I have I, I spent some time preparing for today's show, and I have all of his accomplishments written down. All right, sit back, get comfy. 2015 Conn Smythe, four-time All-Star, two-time Norris Trophy winner 2010-2014, two-time first-team NHL All-Star, one-time second-team NHL All-Star, three-time Stanley Cup champ, two-time Olympic gold medalist, one-time silver medal World Junior Championship, Winner in 2008. In total, 1,256 games played, 106 goals, 540 assists, 646 points, 151 playoff games with 91 points in those games. For the Blackhawks, he is number two in games played with 1,192, 
behind San Makita's 1396. He is number 10 in points with 625. He is number 6 in assists with 520. He is number 3 in on-ice goals for 1,537 behind only Stan Makita and Doug Wilson. Duncan Keith on the ice for 1,537 Blackhawks goals. That's pretty <laughs> pretty good. Did I forget anything? I don't think I did. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that, that's, uh, that's se- quite the seven comprehensive lost, seven list. Seven lost teeth. Seven yeah. lost teeth. Is yeah, there the only, you go. Uh, thing you missed on that. <laughs> At one. least but, seven. Seven uh, that we know of. And and as we have to do before every time we talk about any member of the 2010 Blackhawks, we have to issue our qualifier. Um, you know, we usually give the floor to Mario to do this, but I think we can all sort of just acknowledge as we always do. What happened to Kyle Beach in 2010 is inexcusable. Anyone who had any prior knowledge of this, uh, you know, or you know, honestly, post knowledge of this. Um, should be held accountable for that. And we don't know what level of knowledge Duncan Keith had, but uh, Kyle Beach said everyone knew. And last time I checked, Duncan Keith was on that team in a major role. So acknowledging uh, the failures of that team once again, as we have to do every time we talk about these guys. And it it really puts a cloud over everything. And here I go. I'm going to stop. Well, it, it's it's not only that you know the the being on the 2010 team and 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 what he did or did not know or what what not. It's it's the way that things were handled uh, last summer and comments that he made um, or or rather did not make. Um, that kind of put those things. It, it, it make makes the cloud kind of follow him a little bit more um we, we talked about with with jonathan taze the way that he uh you know needed three attempts basically to say something that actually felt sincere about uh, about the situation um it's 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 just one of those things that happens and one of those things you you have to acknowledge and i think you know we we've touched on it enough um so it's yeah preface it with you know no one is no one is perfect. Um, the next, however long we talk about Duncan Keith, um, is about the the hockey player and the uh, the legacy that he leaves with the Blackhawks. Uh, but also, you know, acknowledging that uh, it's it's not as sparkling and shiny as it uh, may have looked a while ago. Yeah, I think that's very well said. So you know, the it was weird to watch him play for the Oilers. Very um, weird. It just didn't feel right. And, and it, you know, that's a guy who I always thought would be kind of the last guy standing just because of the way he plays, because of the way he logs minutes, because of his workout regimen. I remember, like, early in his career, there were stories about his, like, superhuman lung capacity. And, yeah. and all the, and I, I never thought of all the great Blackhawks. Um, to retire that Duncan Keith would be because we're like Hosa was forced. Like he had to retire because of the health condition. Right. Seabrook was sort of forced to retire because of not being good at hockey anymore. Well, and his body breaking down. Yeah. So Duncan Keith to be the first one to, to really just walk away. And he is the older of them, obviously, but I don't know that it surprised me. He seemed to me like a guy who would play like well into his forties. I think being in Edmonton, pushed that a little bit i think if if duncan keith had stayed in chicago where expectations were different um i tend to think he might still give it a go but wanting to be closer to his family um and and 
just the competitor in him wanting to be on a team that was going to compete for a Stanley Cup. Um, you know, he saw the. I'm sure he part of his decision was, I see the writing on the walls here. It, it's not going to happen here anymore. Uh, probably helped his helped push his decision, but I, I, yeah, I, I feel like if 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 he had played the way he played in in this past season in Chicago, I don't think the voices would have been as loud as they were in Edmonton to say, uh, "Can we get rid of this guy?" Yeah, and that might have pushed him to be like, you know what, I don't think I have it anymore. I think too is is remember, you know, you start the season last year with Jeremy Calton as head coach, and and there was no. Um, I don't know. I I don't think he was a dick about it, but I think it was pretty clear that that Keith probably more than anybody did not really jive with Jeremy Cowan. And yeah. I think that played a role in him probably wanting out a little bit of Chicago. But I also think too, Mario, like you mentioned, you know, if Edmonton had a better chance to win, I also think like you go to somewhere new at the end of your career and it maybe just doesn't feel the same. And you can't like really conjure up the same emotion. You don't feel a connection to the city or to the players. I that might have played a role for him too, you know? Because I think yeah. you know, Edmonton, they've got such great players that you can kind of see them like maybe just maybe when you're getting hot and making a run in the playoffs. Um, but I mean, yeah, they, I mean, maybe you're right. They're just they just kind of are what they are and they're gonna fizzle out in maybe the semifinal, maybe the conference final, but they just don't seem like they have enough, even with McDavid and Dreisaitl and all those good players they have to get over that hump. Yeah, I think it's a little surprising he walked away. Mario kind of mentioned he's got that that drive and that, that w- wanting to win, much like Jonathan Taves does. Um, you know, He was a guy that you thought this guy could play. He could be the next Yarmir Yager and play to he's 45 because he's in that good of shape. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a little surprised um, knowing the competitor that he is. But kudos to, to Duncan for coming to the realization to say, eh, maybe it's not my best idea. Maybe it's got to do with, with you know, wanting to be closer to, around his son as his son starts to get into, mm-hmm. you know, a little older, maybe be there to, to coach him if he decides to play hockey. There's no way Duncan Keith's son's not playing hockey. Um, <laughs> Draft him now. I, I'm, I'm sure he will. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he's already got skates and sticks and, and could probably whoop my ass on the ice already. Yeah, he's, he, I just checked. He's nine years old already. Yeah, oh, well, he's definitely already got scouts' attention, I'm sure. But Yeah, because he was you know, a... He was a baby, I remember, in the, the 2013 um, yeah. on-ice celebration. I remember that's, Keith had, like, a little baby with him, so, yeah. And that's almost be. 10 years ago, for crying out loud. Good Oof. Lord. Um, yeah. So, yeah, kudos to him for maybe for making that decision to say, hey, you know what, it's the right time for me to step away. For whatever those reasons were, and I'm sure there are more than one, there's dozens of reasons that go into, and I'm sure it was a very, very difficult decision for a guy like Duncan Keith to make. So kudos to him for, you know, saying, Hey, it's okay. You know, I I've, I've had, you list all those accomplishments. I mean, for a guy that was drafted in the second round was the 16th defenseman taken in that draft. 15 other defensemen (laughs) were taken ahead of him. I haven't even realized uh, that. Including Anton Babchuk, Jay's guy, uh, who was taken in the first round that year. Let it play out. Let it play out. And uh, Jay Bowmeister was one of those other other defensemen. I thought you were uh, just about to call me Jay Bowman. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't. I don't have fifty cents to throw in the jar. Um, but Jay like, Bo yeah, Jay, Jay, 
Jay Bo Meester was the first defenseman taken. He was taken third overall in that draft. He, he, he's no Duncan Keys, but he had a hell of a yeah, career. He's a good player. Oh, absolutely. But then you look at uh, uh, Yoni Patinkin was taken fourth Stud. overall. Yeah. Jury's still out on that one. Ryan Whitney was taken fifth. So he had three defensemen in the top five. And then 12 more defensemen. Let's go. Let's, shall yeah, we go let's do the list. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, here Isn't we go. This is the, this is the, the Tom Brady effect? Who were all the quarterbacks yeah. taken before him? <laughs> so we had Jay Bomeister to, to Florida at three overall. You only picked right. uh, fourth mm, overall yeah. to the Flyers. Yeah. Ryan Whitney went fifth overall to the Pittsburgh Penguins. an Penguins. okay career. And definitely not worth that slot, though. Keith no. Ballard, uh, I remember Ooh, him. He went 11th okay. overall to the Buffalo Sabres. Steve Eminger went 12th overall to the Capitals. He hung uh, around for a while. A little bit. Uh, Dennis Grebshikov okay. uh, from Russia. Don't know who that is. He was sure. taken 18th overall by the Kings. There, then we get our guy Anton Babchuk, 21st to the Blackhawks. There you go. Martin Wagner. To the Dallas sure. Stars, 26 overall. Sure. Nice pick. Um, we get into the second round. Andre Nemec uh, went 35th to the Penguins. Okay. 43rd overall, future Chicago Blackhawks legend Trevor Daly to the Dallas Stars. Oh, that's a pretty. That's, that's that's a pretty good that's, pick right that's there. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. He had a really good. No, again, no Duncan Keith, but he had a really good he had run a good career. for the Stars yeah. there. Uh, Matt Green, another longtime defenseman, went 44th oh, Matt, overall. Matt Green. Matt Green. Matt, oh, yeah. Yeah, Matt Green. I'm thinking, I got the wrong Green in my head, don't I? Am I thinking <laughs> Andy Green? Yeah. Well, Matt gotcha. Green went to the Oilers at 44th. Tomas Linhard went 45th to the Canadians. Sure. Anton Kadakin mm-hmm. to the Devils at 51st. Ah. And then we get Duncan Keith, <laughs> wow. 54th overall to the Black wow. This, this so, is a good place to remind people, this is why Kyle Davidson wants multiple first-round picks. And can we just, it is yeah. a crapshoot. Absolutely. And and can we just say that, like, I, this is my obligatory shout-out to Mike Smith, who drafted Duncan Keith. I know lots of the Blackhawk fans. I know Pat Foley loves to tell us that Dale Talon is the only guy responsible for their Stanley Cups. Mike Smith had a l- just as much to do with it uh, by getting mm-hmm. guys like Duncan Keith in the second round, drafting Brent Seabrook, drafting Corey, Corey Crawford. Crawford. He Crawford. drafted Dustin yeah. Buff- uh, He Dustin, Dustin Bufflin was a Mike mm-hmm. Smith pick. So I know Dale Talon is the popular guy because we all hate he who shall not be named, <laughs> but Mike Smith had a lot to do with this yeah. too, and this was one of his picks uh, and we mentioned all the garbage defensemen that were taken ahead of Duncan <laughs> Keith. So, you know, I'm not going to say Mike Smith is a genius. Maybe he had Duncan Keith, you know, if Mike Smith was a genius, he would have taken Mike, he would have taken Duncan Keith with that 21st <laughs> overall pick and not Anton <laughs> Babchuk. But so I still, I'm still clamoring one day for a throwback Thursday episode, maybe not this off season, but one of these years, we're going to do a Mike Smith <laughs> retrospective Why episode. Not? Look, it's a lot harder to pick a stud at number 54 than it is to pick a stud at number one and number three. Right. It wasn't right. exactly rocket science for Dale Talon to, to make those picks. Like, right. Have, he had Patrick Kane and then, Oh, Jonathan Taves is on the board at number three. That's an easy pick. Yeah. And, nice. and, and look, you still have to make those picks. And he yes, signed Marion Hosa. So he gets credit for yes. that too, of course. Mm-hmm. Yes. But yeah. And what's funny though, is you look back on the photos of Duncan Keith at the draft and you can kind of see, especially where the league was at that time, 
why he fell so low. He looks like a child. He's tiny. He is scrawny. He, he has not filled out his frame whatsoever. And if I was a GM and I saw, like, all right, this kid's a great skater, was really good at Michigan State, but I I can't make a first-round pick on it. I just can't. It's very similar to Alex Tabrinkit. Like, yeah, the numbers are great, but he's tiny. He's just tiny, so he was like what, like a like a buck fifty when he was drafted or something yeah. like that. Yeah, like, goes, he was he was small. It just goes to show you how far the league has come in twenty years since that draft pick was made. When you look at Duncan Keith and you and you as you just said, oh my God, he's so tiny. And then you look at a guy like Lane Hudson from this past, who literally <laughs> we, is still we, a child. Yeah, and, he got dra- and you wanted him in the first round. And we, yeah, we were all like, let's get him. <laughs> not all of us. Not all That's, of us. Okay, sure, sure. <laughs> After two defensemen, I was like, enough. Let's, yeah, let's well, yeah. Forwards. That's true. But yeah, no. Uh, so it just goes to show you that you look at a guy like Duncan Keith 20 years ago, he's too small to play in the NHL. And now, 20 years later, Almost every defenseman, like when you pick a six-four hulking defenseman, you're like, "Oh, that's different." Like the game has <laughs> changed, and Duncan Keith has a big can, part of the reason why can my they smaller defense. Yeah, and then Duncan yeah. Keith led that revolution of the position of defenseman. Without Duncan Keith, Kale McCarr is probably a, a left winger. You know, <laughs> that's yeah, true. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he led that revolution of the puck moving defenseman that can skate through the neutral zone he 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 was one of those guys that led the shift from and that's why it's so awesome that he's forever paired with brent seabrook because they were the perfect combination yes i know that they didn't play together all the time but they were the perfect combo of the new modern defenseman and that stay-at-home guy that could kick your ass so that sets itself very nicely to play this piece of audio i pulled from duncan keith's retirement press conference um, this is courtesy of Oilers.com or Edmonton Oilers. Whatever the website is that the Oilers own, this is where it's from. <laughs> a lot Not of the great chud. memories. Uh, a lot of great teammates from my time uh, in Chicago. When I think of those teammates and the special bonds and memories that we created, uh, one guy that sticks out to me the most is, uh, is Brent Seabrook. Uh, I was fortunate to play with him for over a thousand games uh, as defense partners, as defense teammates. When I think of those other teammates and Patrick Sharp, uh, Marion Hossa, Nicholas Yalmerson, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Corey Crawford, Dustin Bufflin, Andrew Ladd, Christopher Steeg, Brian Campbell, the list goes on. And um, I think one thing that made those teams special was our, our passion. Uh, and the fact that we cared and, and we wanted to be great every single night. Keith went on to say that he thinks, and fellas, maybe you know this, that him and Brent Seabrook have the record for most games played together as a tandem. Is that true? Really? I don't know how you even track it's that. Sounds right. Most games. Blackhawks record or NHL record? I think he said NHL record. NHL. I mean, it's pretty rare you have two guys that play over a thousand games together for the same organization. Right. Not to mention they play together almost all of that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I it's it sounds right because I mean, yeah, you think about back in the heyday, the original six days, you know, when you didn't have free agency and and guys stayed with teams for ten, twelve years at a time. But also in those days, they were playing 45 50 60 games in a regular season too so fewer games are being played so that sounds right i would i would i would not argue that point if he's if he's right or wrong if it's not the most ever it's certainly it's gotta you know, be up in there the te- 
it's certainly in the team photo. I mean, it's one of the most ever. Uh, and that was a special pairing. And one thing, we were talking about the, the early start of Duncan Keith. There's one thing I want to point out as as a kind of a more traditional roadmap for a rebuilding team. Especially when you look at guys like the Hawks are drafting, like a Kevin Korshinsky, uh, a Sam Renzel, drafted in the first round this year. Duncan Keith was drafted in 2002. He went back to Michigan State and then ended up going finishing that year in the WHL. Then he spent two full seasons yeah. in the AHL. He didn't make his pro debut until 2005. Three full seasons of development before he even got to the NHL. And those first couple of seasons with the Blackhawks, not great. Like they were he he had some of that little a little bit of that offensive flair that we knew, but there were a lot of nights where he was an adventure out there. Him and Seabrook, they took so much time. So it was probably, what, 2007, 2008 that Keith really started to cement himself and then 08, 09 took that jump. So so when we look at guys like Krasinski and Renzel and basically any of these guys drafted in the last couple of years and guys are going to be drafted in the next three or four years, remember that Duncan's Keith passed the superstardom is far more common than the Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves path to superstardom. You gotta have patience. They had patience with Duncan Keith, and it paid off into a Hall of Fame career, franchise record having career. So just just food for thought when 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 we're going through these next couple of years. Like when's Kevin Korshinsky gonna play when he's ready? That's the answer. Mario is looking attentively at his phone. Man. What's the breaking news? What happened? Oh, God. I am. No, 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 no. I'm oh. trying to find this. I'm trying to find this stat. And here we that's go. Something that's I don't even know how you track fun. that. Because uh, if they, if you play a shift together in a game, does that count as a game so, as a D part? Like how do, it's really hard to figure that out, I think. So this is from who wrote this? This is from Yahoo Sports, Ryan Taylor says, on Tuesday during his final press conference, Keith chose to remember playing 15 straight seasons with his opposite defenseman, Seabrook. They are an all-time legendary tandem together, combining for 207 goals, 861 assists, and 2,306 games as Blackhawks. I don't think that is... I think that's both of their career games combined. I don't think that technically is their career games playing together, together as a yeah. pair okay so give me the what was the stat again were the like the goals and assists keith and seabrook combined 2007 or 207 goals 861 yeah. assists for a combined 1068 points and together as blackhawks have played a combined 2306 games i believe that's total not as a pair got it so okay but I would, I would, I would still I, assume I that's a record, su- though. I wouldn't be surprised because they played all of their prominent years together as a pairing. I wouldn't be surprised as the fact that they would have played the most games paired together as a defensive duo. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. by that. At the very least, they're probably the most duo together in the expansion era since 1967. I would put money oh, on I, that. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Hey, if you want to put money on stuff, (laughs) download that PointsBet app and use the code CHGO when you sign up. Do that right now and you'll get two risk-free bets up to two grand. You're also, with a $50 or more first-time deposit, going to get that free CHGO membership. 
You'll get access to all of our great web content. I wrote about Luke Richardson and Max Domi yesterday. Greg's history piece is out. Mario's been writing like crazy lately, too. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. That's two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. Any questions on this, email us, pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. Play along with the game at home like so many were after our PointsBet play of the week. Justin Steele had six strikeouts in the Cubs game. And they pulled him out because his defense was letting him down and he had thrown a million pitches because of it. So our play of the week did not hit, but blame the Cubs defense, not Greg. It was not Greg's (laughs) fault. So send an angry letter, tom.ricketts at cubs.com. I actually don't know if that's his email. It's probably something like Tommy Boy or something at cubs.com. And take it up with them. T Rex. <laughs> T Rex, yeah. Demand a refund. But those in game bets, they're super fun. You place them as the game's happening. You got a big lead. You think your team's coming back? Bet it. Do it on the Points Bet app. It's time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with Points Bet. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1 800 Gambler for crisis counseling and referral services. As much fun as betting on sports is, it's it's part of it's one of the perks of being a diehard sports fan. Another perk of being a diehard sports fan is rocking some awesome gear to show the world who your favorite teams are. And right now, CHGO has teamed up with FOCO to secure your access to the best collectibles and gear around, whether it's the Blackhawks, Bears, Cubs, White Sox, Bulls. FOCO will have something for you, your kid, a friend, or loved one. If you're looking to get some new gears, some bobbleheads, some accessories, whatever you want, FOCO has officially licensed gear for men, women, and kids with everything from swimsuits to Crocs to bobbleheads to hats, anything you want with a Blackhawks logo on it, they're going to have it for you. So head over to FOCO.com, that's F-O-C-O.com, and get yourself some great Chicago sports merchandise of your favorite teams. And as an added perk, we keep throwing perks at you. All CHGO so, listeners. So many perks. All the perks. Very perky. CHGO. CHGO that's, never mind. I'm leaving that one alone. Uh, CHGO listeners can save 10% off all purchases by using the code CHGO. That's easy to remember at checkout. So head over to FOCO, F-O-C-O.com. Grab your stuff. Grab yourself some stuff and things all right so i know we're the audio only podcast but i want to show you guys this today i'm not a big memorabilia guy but this is my greatest piece this is that's a- great to say right after the folk read. <laughs> game used duncan Keith. that's set. awesome wow nice. signed and everything yeah my dad got this for me i don't know where he got it i think it was like some some auction somewhere that's really that's cool awesome. this is one of my prized possessions so it is uh for those not uh Knows those I'll, not uh, seeing it right now. It will, is an, yeah, an Easton stick. It is uh, white or silvery. Silver. Silver. All right. Silver and shimmery. It's got the uh, the candy cane taping down the uh, down the shaft of the stick, and uh, yeah, signed on the blade. What year would this be? Probably around 2011, 12, 13. You know what? I don't know. Um, this mm. is a. This is like one of these old Easton aluminums. Um, oh, okay. So that's like, early. It doesn't seem like guys use these very often anymore. 
No, no. I don't think I don't think East does Easton even still make sticks? I don't know. It's not aluminum, it's like the composite, but you know the what composite, I mean. Composite, but yeah. Okay, um, so that's an old that's an older stick. But then. if you're that's curious really cool. what this looks like, I will actually tweet a photo of it in the show's description here so everybody can see it. So there look for go. the show tweet at CHGO underscore Blackhawks and I'll put a picture of the Duncan Keith stick underneath it. It's very cool, and I'm gonna go chuck it aside. So I can continue ah, to do the show. Good, <laughs> there, solid sound. Yeah, get some ASMR in there. <laughs> so I guess the, the conversation now goes to kind of where it always goes, is where is Duncan Keith's place in Blackhawks history? Uh, first, probably amongst defensemen, and second, probably all time. And I've never seen Pierre Plot play. So I can't just flat out say that Duncan Keith is better than Pierre Plot. Uh, all I can do is look at the accomplishments, look at the career, uh, look at everything Duncan Keith has done, and and I feel pretty comfortable calling Duncan Keith the best defenseman in Blackhawks history. Um, again, I'm sure there are some some old timers that will take issue with it, but cups matter. Like, isn't that the tiebreaker, right? If if you're up against it and you say, I, I, I don't really yeah. know which guy to give it to, you know, Pierre Plot's got one, but he doesn't have three. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's so hard to compare eras, especially in hockey. Pierre Plot, Plot, great player, awesome guy, one of the greatest of all time as far as Blackhawks go. But, man, you can't compare playing in 1961 to playing in 2013. Mm -hmm. Totally different sport. Totally different sport. Totally different type of player. Duncan Keith's speed alone. Um, now granted, Pierre Plot didn't have to be as fast as Duncan Keith because he didn't have to deal with speed on the other side like that, but it's so hard. I would I would comfortably as well say that Duncan Keith is the greatest Blackhawks defenseman uh, of all time. Um, I mean, to me, it's Duncan Keith, then Doug Wilson, then Pierre Pilat, uh, but that's just my personal rankings. Uh, I was always a big fan of Doug Wilson, so uh, to me, it's Duncan Keith, then Doug Wilson, as far as Blackhawks go. Yeah, I think you, you look at just where he stands statistically uh most games played as a defenseman for the Blackhawks you know second all time obviously uh behind um Stan Makita I I believe he's second in points all time as a defenseman behind Doug Wilson um I mean he's yeah it's just the longevity of his career all with Chicago um I think the 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 individual accolades the the Stanley Cups you, you know the 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 Conn Smythe in, in 2015, uh, so well deserved because you look at 2010, 2013, uh, Taze in 2010, Kane in to, in 2013. Those Conn Smythe awards, you could you could look at those and be like, ah, could you know could maybe someone else be in there? Um, especially 2013, I thought Corey Crawford had an amazing uh, op, a chance and 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 um, you know a, a What's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, he had he had an amazing case to be the Conn Smythe winner in 2013, but uh, Patrick Kane ultimately getting the the award. But in 2015, it was the Blackhawks don't win that Stanley Cup, don't go on that run without Duncan Keith being the player that he was. Um, and I think you know having having at that stage of his career on on that stage of the game in the Stanley Cup playoffs and Stanley Cup Finals to be able to. Uh, put in that kind of effort playing basically what 31 32 minutes a night mm -hmm. um just kind of cementing that legacy I, I i would be very comfortable 
saying that as far as all-time defensemen, Duncan Keith is probably number one for me. I'm, I'm yeah, surprised think, you – this is a different conversation for a different day probably, Greg, but you have Doug Wilson over Chelios. I do because, A, Wilson was here longer, I, I think. Um, and it just – you know, he was the first Blackhawk to win a Norris Trophy. He had that offensive ability. So did Chelios. But I just – I don't know. To me, Wilson was a better all-around player – no, no shade to Chelly. I mean, he's one of my all-time favorite players too. But I just, and maybe it's the hair. Us hair guys, us guys with great <laughs> hair, got to stick together. The you hair know? helmet. Doug, Doug Wilson did not need one. Doug Wilson, no. Doug Wilson's hair should have its own plaque in the Hall of Fame. It should be <laughs> Doug Wilson the player and Doug Wilson the hair. Um, well, there are rumors uh, just, that someday you might be able to do that and just take it off and put it right on the bust and. There you go. Let's do it. Um, That'd be good. That'd yeah, be good. no, I mean that that's that that does sound like another fun topic. Build our our Mount Rushmores for each position. Um, you know, it's it's it's, it's a great debate to have. But yeah, I just for whatever reason, Doug Wilson always stuck out to me uh, a little bit better than Chelios. Um, you know, he, just because he was he was faster, uh, a little more creative. Um, where Chelios would just, you know, if Chelios had enough of you, he'd just punch you in the mouth and move on. So, uh, which is, you know, I kind of compare like a great comparison would be like if you had Duncan or Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook together would have been like if you had a pairing of Doug Wilson and Chris Chelios together, kind of similar uh, uh, attributes to those pairings. I don't know if Wilson and Chelios ever. I always, think together. I always think I of Chelios and Suter, and the, and Chelios and Carney played together a lot too. Yeah, but Chelios and Suter Wilson, were Wilson the, was already what? What year did the Hawks get Chelios? Well, they were teammates for a couple of seasons, but I don't think they ever played together. Is that right? That seems almost impossible. Chelios's first year in Chicago was ninety ninety one, and then mm-hmm. and let me see. So one season, because the next year he or no ninety two was the Sharks. So two seasons here. Yeah, Wilson was Wilson. on that team too. Yep, yep. So, and I don't know if I don't remember them ever being a pairing together. But then again, I was twelve, and my memories. <laughs> What's wrong with I, you? I've lost a lot of brain cells between now and then, so I don't recall. I just remember, like in the really lean years of Chelios and Suter being number one and two in scoring yeah. on the team, which and, is not good. And if if Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves somehow are gone before the season begins, you could very easily see Seth Jones being this team's leading scorer. Yeah, which he's, is not a good thing. He still might be. <laughs> like, <laughs> if he assists on every single one of Patrick Kane's goals, yeah, yeah. he's got a shot he's at it. He's to play forty minutes a night because well, he, I mean, he, he owes us thirteen power play goals this season. Yeah, right, he's overdue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, the one thing that that I go to uh, with looking at different eras and and, and whatnot is um, point shares. Which are which are uh, you know uh, uh, an era excluding um, yeah. stat. So a quick little indicator here for for those that don't know, uh, point shares is hockey's equivalent to baseball's win shares metric. Uh, it aims to measure individual players' contribution to team success toward their team's total points in the regular season standings. Okay, that makes that makes sense. So for the Blackhawks' all-time point shares list. The top five are Tony Esposito, Stan Makita, Bobby Hall, Patrick Kane, Glenn Hall. Obviously, goalies are weighted much more in point shares. Uh, but number six at 113 is uh, Duncan Keith. Behind him, Doug Wilson, 
Jonathan Taze, Corey Crawford, Brent Seabrook round out the uh, total point shares in Blackhawks history. For defensive point shares, the top of the list is Duncan Keith at 70. Wow. Number two is Brent Seabrook at 56 and a half. Man, so there's a four, four, uh, 13 and a half uh, point share gap between number one and two between Keith and Seabrook. Pierre Palat, number five at 51.1. That's something. And now I'm looking at the same thing you are into uh, to Greg's point, looking at offensive point shares. The only defenseman on that list is Doug Wilson. Number seven at fifty three point six, right ahead of Tony Amani at forty nine point three. So yeah, that's a, that's an interesting argument. That that like that's I mean, look, Doug Wilson's awesome. I'm gonna take anything away from the guy, um, but just I, I always assume like Chelios is two or three in most people's minds with Keith one, Palat two or three, Chelios two or three, and then Doug Wilson. But there's certainly an argument to be made there. That's that's for yeah. damn sure. Um, yeah, Chelios did more of those things that showed up on the uh, the newsreels, you know, the the highlight packages, the big hits, mm-hmm. the big goals in overtime, you know, stuff like that. Where where Wilson was kind of like Keith to a degree, where he just went about his business and played the best hockey every night, and you kind of got took it for granted how good he was. And I think that that could be said for Duncan Keith too. We kind of took for granted how good he was because he just did it. Mm-hmm. That's such a great point because. For so many years, you didn't even talk about Duncan Keith because you just knew he was going to be great. So it mm-hmm. wasn't even like, a, like you'd start talking about the playoffs, right? Like, oh, like can Patrick Kane, you know, score against Anze Kopitar's line? Like, how is that going to look? Duncan Keith was so good and so dependable that his name like rarely came up in conversation because you just knew that whatever happened, he was going to be the best defenseman on the ice for either team every night. Mm-hmm. And it was just a given. It was just a given. Yeah. And it you can count never on, a question mark. Yeah. And you know, you can count as we were talking earlier about, you know, the fact that he didn't play as long as maybe we expected as we've been kind of talking here, I've been thinking about that and maybe because speed was such a big part of his game that losing a step or two hurts him more than it hurts 40-year-old Chris Chelios or 40-year-old Yarmir Yager, or like we talk a lot about Patrick Kane, like Scott Wheeler was saying yesterday, um, using your speed selectively, right, as a forward. Like, you don't have to just be guns blazing all the time, but getting being elusive is more important yeah. than being fast. Keith was so speed-based. I mean, look, mm-hmm. he was smarter than everybody. He had more endurance than everybody. Uh, he was great. And, of course, he was one of the best skaters in the game, so he had all of that going for him. But when the skating thing started to slip a little bit, that's when you saw Keith become pretty ordinary and, if anything, kind of not great. So yeah. I, I, I'll bet that played a role because you're – and I think we saw a little bit of that too with Seabrook, who is never known for his speed. But when that step goes, your, your brain wants mm-hmm. to get you somewhere, but your body can't do it anymore. Yeah. And that calculus, the mental calculus that has to go on – to you know i'm imagining like the math factors like in front of my face right like the, like the famous gif <laughs> yeah like, you say it takes me this long to get here but your body is telling you something otherwise and that's yeah. got to be a frustrating place for a player to be who's working just as hard as always and trains just as hard same diet and everything but the body's just failing them and that's that's really got to be the toughest thing for an athlete of that level to deal with yeah i mean when when duncan keith was at his prime you know he was one of the best skaters, uh, not only on the team, but in the league. Yeah. 
just mobility, speed, just uh, the the way that he could use that to uh, neutralize any opponent. In his prime, Duncan Keith could probably line up with Connor McDavid and and defend him pretty well. Um, unfortunately, most times that Connor McDavid went against Duncan Keith was after his prime. And <laughs> yeah. there, there were times where he was turned around by by guys like that. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a hard adjustment when you one of your best tools in your in your in your tool belt is no longer there you have to make up for it and and a lot of i think a lot of times duncan keith still tried to rely on that speed and that mobility to uh to to be the biggest part of his game and and it ended up not working out and and you know you started to look and, and see like okay he's he definitely has lost a step and um some of those some of those things that he used to do he, he he wasn't beating guys to pucks. wasn't be, wasn't you know getting uh, getting in the in the positions he used to be to, uh, to 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 be effective. And it's what's crazy to me is that if he wanted to play, I think there out of out of the thirty two teams in the NHL, he would he yeah. would have a spot on a lot of those teams. Um, but I just, yeah, I just think it's, it comes down to his, his own personal, uh, expectations of, of what he can do. I don't think he want, I don't think he would want to just be like, oh, I'll just be a third pairing guy. Maybe play a little bit of power play as, too, as too a competitive. second power play guy. It's too competitive, too, too proud in his, in his abilities, too proud in his game to, to just be a, a sixth or seventh defenseman. Um, but if, if he wanted, if he wanted it. He would have a spot on uh, in on an NHL roster this this season and probably even next season too. But yeah, I think he's I think he realized that everything he wants, which is to be competitive, be a prominent player, and probably also be close to home, just not. It doesn't seem like those boxes are going to be checked for him, and that's that's why he he was coming to the decision that uh, it was time to to hang it up. Yeah, and when you talk about the competitiveness, I think that's where some of us feel like. It is an actual consideration that Jonathan Taze might just call it a career after this year, because I don't think he's interested in going to some other city and being their third line center. It just mm-hmm. doesn't seem like the kind of thing Jonathan Taze is interested in being or wanting to do. So oh, we've got a lot of time to talk about Jonathan Taze, <laughs> but I just when you said that too competitive thing, yeah, I yeah. that's a lot of the those high, guys, and that's what Duncan Keith said in his retirement. The high press. standards, the high self standards. Um, it's those those guys. It's it's hard to sometimes be like you know what I guess my my role is reduced and uh, it's 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 that's it's hard to uh, to to accept at that point. I guarantee you, when Jonathan Taves starts to seriously contemplate whether he's going to play another year or hang up his skates, he's going to have a very long phone call with Duncan Keith and Duncan Keith. They're probably going to talk about a lot of these same things if they haven't had that conversation already. Maybe right. Duncan Keith called Jonathan Taves to have that, but I guarantee you those conversations, had they not happened already, they're going to happen when, when Taves gets to that point where he seriously thinks about, hey, what's in it left for me here? So two guys who are cut from the same cloth you know, th- th- as far as competitiveness and, and desire and training, both of those guys mm-hmm. are just – uh, two of the best to ever do like the complete. I mean, they're they're hockey robots for yeah. crying out loud. So, um, I, I guarantee those two guys have had chats already, and we'll have some more about now that they're at the end of their at their yeah. their playing days. What what's next, and how do I know it's the right time? 
and though and those standards are are influenced not only by their personal ability but also their environment i mean Taze and, and and keith have been winners they're basically their their entire careers i know keith was was around in chicago before Taze and and the Taze and kane era started but um you know they they've been winners in chicago three-time stanley cup champions uh as as you mentioned jay in the uh in in keith's resume of accomplishments two two-time gold medalists at, at, at for team canada at the winter olympics um probably may have had an opportunity for three in 2018 if, if the nhl players had had gone so it's 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 the culture that they that they uh expect to to play in is competitive and and winning and when you don't have that, it's uh, it's it, it makes decisions harder. So yeah, I think we like you said we can get into Taze all the rest of the summer if we want to, but um, it's it, it's definitely a consideration. So I guess now that we have you know placed Duncan Keith in the pantheon of Hawks defensemen, we sort of have to look at him among Blackhawks of all time. And I know the Mount Rushmore thing is completely overdone, but it's a really nice <laughs> way to kind of state who are the iconic four. Mm-hmm. for the franchise and i i'm having trouble coming up with four that does not include him um i feel like every time i do this i have a different four it's so yeah, it's so too. hard it it is very difficult and it's you know so the the certainties are makita and kane right mm-hmm. they're up there for yeah. sure so you need two other slots for hull taves and keith yeah, and and listen, and and we I or know Esposito, we or you yeah. know, you know, it's it's yeah. your it's your preference, you know, what what did Hall they mean or, to you, yeah. or, or well, Hall or Palat or and Mario, yeah. as you look at when you pulled up the Blackhawks franchise leader page on Hockey Reference, I just everybody Google Blackhawks franchise leaders, look at that uh, Hockey Reference page. Tony Esposito is at or near the top of all of those. So yeah, I think you're right. I think excluding him is difficult so i think <laughs> the way to do it is you build your line right like you just have to have three forwards two defensemen and a goalie so it's not really a mountain as much as a uh, as a lineup and whatever it is duncan keith is d1 for me there, there's no doubt that he's on that list and uh I, I don't know it's just it's just really hard for me to find an argument against him being the best in franchise history like you like you both said yeah it's hard to take him off that mount rushmore type thing top four i mean i know we don't like to celebrate bobby hall as a person because he's not a good person renowned we to, yeah we don't need to get into the reasons why if you don't know by now you know you need to do a quick google um but <laughs> if, if we're doing hockey players what they accomplish on the ice bobby hall has to be there i mean you can't deny that he was one of the greatest players of all time not only just in this franchise but in the league um he accomplished things nobody else did at that time and he helped revolutionize the game with stan makita so you know i would it, it to me it comes down to who gets that fourth spot it's it's makita hall kane so you can make an argument for Taves. You can make an argument for Keith. You can make an argument for Tony Esposito. You can make an argument for Doug Wilson, Chris. Ch- I mean, there's so many. When you when you got a when you got a team that's as, as long as, you know, as storied and has so many great players with the Hawks, it's tough to do. So um, that's why I suggested we do a Mount Rushmore per position, and oh. then maybe mm. and then maybe let our great CHGO listeners then vote on like 
what their favorite, uh, who would they put in there? Or maybe we do, we expand Mount Rushmore to five, five positions on, <laughs> on, on a hockey lineup. You know, you got to have, or I actually would have to have six. We can't forget about the goalie. So I don't know, but I think we should do one for each position and that'd be a lot of fun discussion. I agree. Uh, the other thing too, the other way to do it is who gets a statue from this era. No oh, God, Everybody. right? So <laughs> just put the whole bench. Taves, Kane, Keith, and Seabrook. Is that like one statue? I don't know. Oh my God, I, I mean, I'm very, like what the, I'm very glad I, I'm not the person who has to decide this stuff. Yeah. Uh, have you have you seen the statue they have in Toronto where it's like an actual it's hockey the, bench? Yeah. And they add like another player every couple of years to like one guy's hopping over the boards, one guy's sitting on the bench. Like they add to that. I would love to see something that's like that. It's really Legends, cool. Legends Row, Row or something. I think it's yeah. Called. Yeah. That's very cool. That's that's pretty cool. Like so, you. I think what you have to do for that is you kind of have to do like one big thing for like the Cup era teams, where you have one like collage or, or group like that, like a line photo or something like that. But yeah, yeah Keith Seabrook deserves statues. Kane and Tave deserve statues. The the Marion Hosa deserves a statue. Yeah. I feel um, like the seven the the seven guys that were there for all three cups should be. Immortalized, yeah, that makes in sense. Like some sort some, of in some way. I like that idea sculpture. of the of the bench with guy, and then you could add to that throughout history. You need a you need an original idea. They do have the statue on Madison of yeah. like the Bill, legends. Bill Wirt's pettiness doesn't actually. The players modeled on the thing are not actual Blackhawks. They're just like random. They're just yeah, it's yeah. They're just like someone. AI yeah. created Bar- hockey players, kind of. <laughs> yeah. um, Bar- bargain bin statue shopping. Yeah, this guy sort of looks like Bobby Hull, but Bill Wirtz never he's put a, Bobby he's Hull. He's a white on a guy on skates. Throw him on the statue. Yeah, right. right. It's it's a, go look at the, if you haven't looked closely at that statue. None of those people are actual Blackhawks. Uh, yeah. It's it's very very strange. So. Anyway, uh, we've solved nothing. Way to go, everybody. Awesome. We did it. <laughs> we hey, did it. That's what we're here for. <laughs> uh, um, before Mario tells you what you need, one more cool thing I noticed this morning. Uh, the Rockford Icehogs uh, tweeted a video of their new uh, digs. They moved into a new office. Um, seemingly, Greg, you know better than I do. Mario, you know better than I do, too. Seemingly across the street from the BMO Center. Um, now that the Hawks have full control of the Rockford Icehogs organization, they have opened state-of-the-art offices and work centers, and they've got a big atrium with wide-open cubicle spaces and couches and all the latest technologies. So, you know, That's the Blackhawks, you know, we keep seeing people pop into the chat saying, Hawks are cheap, Hawks are cheap. The Hawks are funding the, you know, re-establishment of offices in their major in their minor league uh, facilities. And, They're committing and to the that. arena, They're, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, arena renovations it's 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 a big investment into the ice hogs which is which is great to see because that's a community that loves that team um and, and it's it desperately and they yeah and they needed it and and you know it's especially now going into a rebuild uh and and where the next few years though that those rockford teams are going to be very important uh it's it's good to see that they are um giving them some some tools and resources to uh to to kind of build up that that uh, that winning culture or that you know moving into a new uh, a new era kind of culture with uh, with with their their minor league system and and give those young players a, a taste of uh, you know a, a bigger a bigger taste of of, of hockey before uh, eventually moving on to the NHL level I think that's that's something that's really important and um, 
you know, it's it's good to see that that they're getting uh, you know getting some 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 great office space to work in, uh, uh, kind of a more of a of an Ice Hogs headquarters. Um, that's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah those are the sure. perks. They, they they deserve it. Um, they need it. If you're gonna if you're serious about development, you gotta you've gotta invest in the Ice Hogs. Um, now, my only wish, as with all these great improvements that they're getting. An actual press box and some Wi-Fi that works. That shouldn't be too hard to ask for. <laughs> it should, we... uh, should be handled soon, hopefully. Yeah, we tried to do a good job of uh, you two more than me, uh, letting the Hawks PR staff know, like, you know, we'd love to do a show from there, but the Wi-Fi is horrible. So I don't know if we could, I don't know if we can do that. So hopefully they said, oh, well, that's maybe something we can fix pretty simply. As long as they get the, the, uh, the arena done by... Uh... Not the, not the same company that our office is getting done by. <laughs> but uh, Oh, very quick. Yeah. Yes. yeah we'll yeah. be there sometimes between March and September. Don't yeah. leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it got better. it's been better this week. It has been better. Knock on, uh, yes. Knock on yes. composite hockey sticks. Um, that they will, it will maintain. Office, yeah. All right. Tell us what we need so we can begin our weekend, Mario. Yeah. You guys need some Owen, don't you? Yep. Don't you all need some Owen? Spelled O-W-Y-N, standing for only what you need. Owen, if you uh, don't know, is a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition that works just as hard as you do. All of their products are free of artificial ingredients. They are allergen-friendly. They don't contain any gluten or dairy and are easily digestible. You may have heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who follows a plant-based diet. I'm sure Justin's uh, breaking out the Owen as Bears training camp is uh, getting underway. Right now, Owen and CHGO are partnering up to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off of your first purchase at liveowen.com when you use the promo code CHGO20. That's 20% off of your first purchase when you use the promo code CHGO20 at liveowen.com. So join Justin Fields. Try Owen, O-W-Y-N, only what you need. All right, before we wrap up, I did do one final check of Twitter and my email. No Blackhawks news broke. Fellas, we made it from start right. to finish. We got Sweet. our Duncan Keith episode done. Let's go. Thank you, Blackhawks. So, everybody, have a great, safe weekend. If you're going to Lala, travel safe. Be safe. Don't take things where you don't know where they came from. Be with a friend. <laughs> walk with people. Be smart. Be safe. Uh, remember, next week we are expecting a conversation with Calvin DeHaan, which should be a lot of fun. And we've always got Blackhawks news breaking around the clock. So we'll be all over it next uh, Ian, week. Ian Kennedy next week, right? Yes, Ian Kennedy as well. Um, nah, I don't know if that's confirmed for next week. Stand okay. Oh, that, but, okay. Uh, we are going to have him at s- some point. Um, yeah. So he's, he's a little uh, busy. Yeah. Maybe once Hockey Canada stops doing gross things, we'll have more time to talk to him. All right, we'll talk to he's Ian. on the agenda. So we'll talk to Ian Kennedy when the rebuild is over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, everybody, have a great weekend. We appreciate the support. Remember to follow us on social media at chgo underscore Blackhawks. Follow Greg at Greg Boyson. Mario at Mario underscore Tirabasi. I'm at Jay Zawoski. Uh, make sure you have liked our YouTube page. Make sure you like uh, the CHGO Sports Facebook. Anything else I'm missing? No, that's everything. All right, have a great weekend. We love you. We miss you. Uh, be safe. We'll talk to you Monday on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.